Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! And welcome, everybody. It's a Black Friday edition, the first ever, because I don't think we were on last year. Were, were we on Black Friday? Or did um, we do a show from home, maybe? I don't. I, I think, think it was a remote show. Yeah. It was yeah. a home show? Yeah. Was it? Okay. The first ever in-studio Black Friday edition of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. A lot to get to today. Obviously, the Browns have the big game this weekend against Denver. We'll recap Thursday's football. DTR. Can we get the best out of them? I don't know. We, we'll see if we can get the best out of these guys. G. Bush, hey, I know you're, you're dealing with some neck issues, but you're playing through the pain today. Yeah, man. It's just, you know, still sharp, still ready to go. Um, we, How was we, your Thanksgiving? Um, it was good. It was good. I went to Canton. My, um, my uh, cousin had uh, Thanksgiving. It was her first Thanksgiving, you know, yeah. uh, as we go, we've we kind of moved around. It's usually at my grandmother's right. house. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. Then it was at my mom's house uh, last year, and then the COVID thing happened. So she got the first kind of like the real Thanksgiving after everybody came back to, you know, right. together and stuff. So it was really nice. How you many know, people? So, ooh, in and out, I would say maybe a hundred or so. Oh my God, a hundred? I mean, you know, we have a very large family. Wow. My, my mom got uh, eight brothers and sisters. My dad has 11 brothers and sisters. Oh my God. That's a lot of turkey. So, so, yeah, like, <laughs> but it was waves, you know, people just brought yeah. it in and we just ate. So right. it was cool. I was, I was stopped in y- y- yesterday. I was, uh, you know, I had to leave because everybody wanted to try to play doctor on me. It's like, oh, your neck oh, is hurting. Yeah. They're like, yeah, let me go ahead and put this uh, back grease on it. <laughs> nah, bro, I don't want no back grease on my neck, bro. No. <laughs> leave me alone. Icy hot, <laughs> the sticking needles. No, I'm cool. I'm yeah. just go home. <laughs> Jason, how about you? Nice Thanksgiving. <clears throat> yeah, we did the uh, turkey trot in Avon yesterday morning. My whole family, me and the wife and kids. And uh, I joked with you guys on the text chain. Yeah. So we're jogging. It's a 5K. We're jogging. And I'm in better shape than you think. I really am. <laughs> But we're jogging in this 5K, and first, first, this woman passes me pushing the baby stroller. I'm like, yeah. well, that sucks. Oh, and I'm jogging, oh, running, oh. running, running. This woman comes up on my left. Twins! Two kids oh, pushing God. the stroller and, and passing she's like me. in great shape, Oh, probably. just runs right oh, by me. And I'm man. like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go have some pumpkin pie now. It, it's amazing. <laughs> these women that, like, they have a baby, and, like, a week later, they're... they're, at, they're superpowers, <laughs> man. It's, it's like, superpowers. And they make these strollers built for running. Oh, yeah. But it's unbelievable to watch these women pushing kids and running past Impressive. my sad ass. Jason, I got a spin zone for you. The running strollers are designed to, like, break the wind. So that's actually easier. No wind resistance because the strollers are designed to kind of funnel well, the wind in out. In that case, I'm going to go get one. So you should buy yourself faster. a stroller. Maybe You're I saying it makes them faster? I'm saying it makes it easier to run because the stroller is designed to literally part the wind. It's like drafting a NASCAR. Well, I think the runner's drafting behind the stroller. I hear you, but I think that's inaccurate because my wife actually did it when our kids were small. Yeah. She was running with them, and then yeah. she ran without it. She's like, wow, this is much easier when you're running yeah, I without, think you're out of your mind, without pushing a stroller. As someone that's never had a child, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Jason, Jason how about you buy a stroller? You could push Anthony and Earl around and see if you're faster. That's crazy. I will, I will donate... And volunteer my two APs. I mean, that would be pretty funny. 
<laughs> that'd be that'd be content. I, be I, ain't cha- I ain't changing their diapers. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's funny. That costs extra. <laughs> and That's real funny. quick, real yeah. quick, I want to give a shout out to my brother Ryan, who was hanging Christmas oh lights God. yesterday. Had a horrible accident at his house. Mm. He's in ICU. Fell and broke his ribs. Fell off the roof. Broke his ribs. Uh, cracked his sternum. He's in rough shape. Oof. So I'm going to see get him. After better, Brian. Get better, Brian. Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Get better, buddy. Oh my Hope God. Hope you feel better. I'm coming to see you after. That, yeah, that is that is a mess. Yeah, he's in. He's in. Just hire somebody to put up the Christmas lights for crying out loud. Yeah, right. we just had that at our house. Yeah. You know what they want to to string lights? It's uh, a lot of money. How big's your? Oh, I've seen your house. It's decent sized house, but not crazy. A uh, thousand bucks. That's exactly right. Yeah. They want a thousand dollars to hang Christmas. How lights. long of a job is that for them? I don't know, but but like, because they said like we'll we'll store the lights, we cut yeah. the lights to to length and everything. Yeah. We'll pu- we'll hang them, we'll pull them down, we'll store right. them through. You don't have to mess with them at all. I can't justify spending a thousand dollars for two months for yeah, two no. months of lights. No, like now I'll just do it myself. But now I'm <clears> sitting <throat> there going, eh, yeah. I don't know if I really want to do Maybe that. Maybe just not. put them at the level you can reach up to, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just do only inside game. Yeah. Outside <laughs> game might not be that's, for me. Yeah, that's complicated. That might not be for the Bush no. household. That just yeah. We yesterday was not a great day of football. None of the games were great. The no. highlight really of yesterday was Dolly Parton. Let's all let's face it. Uh, I slept through it. You did, I, but Twitter and the, the internet went bananas for Dolly Parton. Like nobody agrees on anything. We're in camps for everything except Dolly Parton. Everybody loves Dolly Parton. Doesn't yeah. matter. Nothing else matters. She's eighty. How old was she, Mike? We looked it up. Seventy-seven. And I saw Reflog tweets how many people are, are looking up her age, and we had Mike and I had just Googled it. Seventy-seven. Crazy. And then we got this from Mary Kay. This was amazing. The this is the, re- this is the Mary real Kay. Mary Kay, by the way. This is confirmed. This was, when I first saw this tweet, I thought it was fake. Mary no, Kay sitting on the great. couch watching some football like a big stuffed turkey, and yeah. then Dolly happened. Hopped yeah. on the treadmill, booked the cut station for implants, and reassessed my life goals. Mary Kay's Hashtag Mary LFGO. Mary Kay's the best. Yeah. The personality is really coming out on Mary Kay no. the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I love it. And to put her in the Hall of Fame already, ain't nothing yeah. they can do. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm already famous, bro. That's a championship-level tweet right there. <laughs> She's playing chess, and we're playing checkers. Facts. Uh, you guys have known, real quick, guys, one question. We'll dive into topics. But you guys have known Mary Kay much longer than I have. Sure. Has UCSS and her appearances around us brought out some more of the personality side no. of Mary Kay? Because even from her first hits last year to now, yeah, I feel like I've seen a little bit more. A little she shows bit. a little I more personality. I mean, she's gotten more comfortable, but she, you know, she goes on with the morning show on on the fan, and they they've brought personality out of her. I, I you know, yeah, they, they, a lot of people in this business steal credit, so I don't want to do that. I think I feel like they've brought it. I think we've, uh, you know, added to it, but the, I, I feel like they. They Earl wants to out. chime in on this. Hold so, on. So, boy, we, we periodically have Mary Kay on a barbershop on Saturdays, and I yeah. remember one particular Saturday. Uh, I play all the hip-hop and R&B music bands coming back. And G asked her, who does she listen to a lot? And her, believe it or not, her favorite rapper is Nicki Minaj. She says she listens to Nicki Minaj every day. Okay. She's, got, she's got young kids, too. Younger. Yeah, yeah, In yeah, the yeah. 20s. Yeah, teens. yeah, right. So, yeah, I gave her so. three extra credit Mary points Mary awesome, yeah. Anyway, so the football itself wasn't great. Uh, but now we had we got another game today. It's so bizarre that there's a game at three o'clock this afternoon. That one snuck up on me. I didn't even yeah. realize it. First, I first ever Black Friday night when game. I woke up. Yeah, <laughs> Dolphins Jets, and then of course we move to Sunday where the Browns will play the Broncos, and uh, we'll send it to Mike who was at my house for Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, thank you again, Bull. Yeah. Very nice situation. You have a great family. Aaron's here with us today. Yep. Your wife could not be nicer, and it's really good food. So appreciate you uh, taking me in yesterday. Yep. We're going to get into topics today, but first, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And if you're looking to score early this NFL season, you better be doing it with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is simple to use, and they have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And I have gotten so many winning FanDuel tickets over the last Love few days. It. We're going to feature two today. The first one comes from Robert W. Chasing, who turned $4.30 into $518 on a Tuesday night six-part same-game parlay. He had Trey Young over 30 points, Halliburton over 12 assists, Maxi over 30 points, Yusuf Nurkic over 15 points, mm. and Austin Reeves over 15 points. All that hit, and my guy Robert turned four dollars and thirty cents nice. into five hundred and eighteen dollars. If you have a winning FanDuel ticket, I didn't know you ticket, could bet change. You can bet anything you want. It's on really FanDuel. amazing. It's you can do whatever incredible. you want. That could be sometimes you have four thirty left in your account. You yeah. throw it on a crazy parlay, and you wake up the next day with five hundred eighteen dollars. Yeah. So if you have a winning ticket, tweet it at me at Mike Lucas TV at UCSS. Email it to us, and we will feature it on the show at some point, but congratulations. That's a hell of a win there for Robert. Uh, for the Browns at the Broncos, the latest uh, spread at FanDuel, the Broncos are favored by one and a half. The line, Broncos opened as a one and a half point favorite. They actually went up to a two and a half point favorite. And then uh, on Wednesday, I believe it went back to one and a half and it stayed there. The over under is 36 and a half on the game. Uh, it's a weird thing that's happening now. Um, for Browns fans, you know, you know the expression, uh, "act," you know, "act like you've been there before." Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Chubb scores a touchdown, hands the ball, we're all like, "You act like you've been there before." This is a new experience for Browns fans being a good team. Most fans here haven't experienced the Browns being a good team, and there's things that fans are not used to. Uh, like, there's a lot of trash talking going on for Browns fans to other fan bases, and I think we're preemptive with that. I think we're a little preemptive. <clears throat> Have you seen that with the Broncos? Like, is that a thing? No, like not we, with, it's more like the Steelers fans and Ravens fans. Oh, okay, fans. okay, okay. I'm okay, like, I, I get it. We beat them, but we, we, we got to do more than just win a regular season game. We got to, we got to, but whatever. People are excited. I love that. But the really weird thing is, and this always happens to teams that are unexpectedly better and, be, you know, like for the first time in a while. And, Every time when the Browns are an underdog in a game or if somebody out there predicts that the Browns are going to lose, people get personally offended by that. And I don't understand that. Like, like if, if, you, if you're saying like, okay, you, you're saying the Browns are, people think the Browns are going to win. But if, if somebody says, oh, well, look, I think the Broncos are playing at home. I th- I'm going to go with the Broncos. Yeah. Like, people are pissed. You're trash. You're like, how, yeah. how dare you? Yeah. Which is crazy. Because, I mean, I think... NFL, it, really good teams lose every week. Every week? <laughs> it's, the Chiefs lose yeah. multiple I mean, times look, a year. The Lions have been one of the best teams in football. They looked awful yesterday. Yeah, they did. Which is unusual, because normally they're pretty good on Thanksgiving. They No, the Lions? Yeah. 
They look better. I don't know what you've been watching. No, I've seen them in terrible years where they're two and eight going into that game, and they yeah. play their they play their butts but off. But they did not play well yesterday. No. They were awful in the first. Jared Goff has been the mess the last two weeks. I don't know what's going on, but but anyway, uh, the point is, it's it's okay. It's not enough. Nobody's trying to piss you off by picking. Sometimes you think the other team's going to win. You can't pick even us. We can't pick the. Well, maybe G, but uh, you can't pick the Browns to <laughs> no, win every week. Lo- you picked them to lose one game. Didn't I, you? I picked them to lose Seattle. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And you were right by that. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, just be- and, and because somebody's picking your team to lose doesn't mean they're rooting for your team to lose, right? So anyway, well, here's the first topic though today, guys. Yeah. DTR will be making his second start, his second real start. We could throw Baltimore out the window. You that- can't say that. It, it's his. It's his third start. Yeah. I'm considering this the second real start. Baltimore, you I don't consider a real start. You could acknowledge that he was put in a tough spot, but it's still his third yeah. start. Well, it's the second start of his iteration as a Browns starting quarterback okay. tenure. Okay, in this So, iteration. whatever. We could, can, we could argue minutiae uh, how you want to. We won't argue about but that. Go ahead. This is his – okay, third start. Whatever. You, you win, Bull. It's his third start. You're right. It technically is his third start. But right. I don't look at it like that. But yeah. either way, we saw it last week, and G said it on Monday's postgame show. The Browns played a dangerous game against Pittsburgh, and they played it beautifully. And now that's on tape. So looking ahead, Denver knows what they did with DTR, how Kevin Stefanski designed plays. 39 of his 43 passes were within 10 yards of line of scrimmage. They're going to have their adjustments. So how does Kevin Stefanski in this Browns offense adjust? And I'll use the word unlock or unleash. How does the Browns offense adjust to unlock DTR against Denver? Well, before we get to that, guys, in, in the same vein, do we think they have to? Like, can the Browns win against Denver exactly the same way? Or is Mike right? Do they need to unlock him or how, whatever you want to call it to a certain degree? Is he going to have to play better or can he play the same for them to win? G, go ahead. I think he has to play better. Um, I think Denver is a good enough defense where they'll get turnovers. You take a look at their turnovers that they've had so far. Um, against the Buffalo Bills. They had some turnovers. Uh, they got turnovers against the Vikings. Both of those teams have been playing better. Um, and when I look at this this game, I think DTR, he can't come out and just have the game where he hopes to get the ball at the last part of the, 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 the fourth quarter and, and, and come up with some heroics. I, I think there's a expiration date on that type of stuff. Uh, as you play more games, there's more of a sample size. People get comfortable with what you do best. They take that away, and you have to at least make one adjustment. If the Browns want to want to make a sustained run, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to reinvent themselves a few more times. They're gonna have to reinvent themselves as with DTR. Um, find something that that they can really hang their hat on. If they get that, and then once they get to the playoffs. You're going to have to reinvent themselves again, too, because at that point you're playing against good defenses, solid coaches. So I do think they're going to have to do some some other things. I think they're either going to have to let him throw the ball downfield a little earlier in this game or they're going to have to bring the, the factor of, of his legs into into play. They haven't done that so much. I think either one of those things have to, has to happen for, the, for them to, you know, continue to, to, to win straight. Jason? If I'm Denver, I'm watching the second half of that Browns-Steelers game and basing my entire defensive scheme off that second half. The Browns didn't score until the last drive, kicking the field goal on the last drive in the second half because the Steelers knew they weren't going to throw the ball down the field at that point. They're sitting on the routes. They're putting eight, even nine in the box and saying, go ahead, we dare you to throw deep. Now, what makes Kevin great as a play caller is the things that kind of drive people nuts, including me. You think he's going here, we're going there. You bring Harrison Bryan in to sneak, 
okay, we might sneak, but we're also going to pitch it wide on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Bringing Jacoby Brissett in on a sneak on fourth down. You think we're going to sneak it? Nope, we're throwing it to the end zone at Cincinnati. That part was missing in the second half last week. They did exactly what you thought they were going to do the entire time. And we've talked about, like, deep shots. I thought at some point I was texting with our subscribers, and I was telling them it's coming. They're going to throw a deep shot at some point, and it never came. It's going to have to at some point. We've talked for weeks about if you're going to win this way, it's heavy, it's jumbo sets, it's extra offensive linemen, it's screen passes, it's running the ball, but it's also play action and taking deep shots on third down. That's the part we didn't really see last week. That's the part I think that they're going to have to incorporate at some point. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot more of what we saw in the second half where defenses just don't fear you. And at some point, you have to make them respect the fact that you will go down the field and you will stretch the field. It doesn't have to be every time. It's funny because if you go back to the DTR first start that Mike doesn't want to acknowledge, (laughs) that's all they did was take deep shots and chunk plays down the field. We didn't see it at all against Pittsburgh. There's got to be a balance in there. There has to be a happy medium. Just don't turn the ball over. Like, that's the whole thing with me. Just don't turn it over. I don't care what your numbers are at the end. I don't care what your completion percentage is. If you throw for 160, 165 yards, you can win yeah. as long as there's a zero in that turnover column. And they got away with one last week. It was off a deflection. You know, I don't know how much you want to put on that on him or not. Just don't turn it over. Keep everything in front of you, and you can win this game. But I do think eventually you have to loosen up that defense, and you do have to take some sort of shot down the field. Ahead, I just want to say, it's not yeah. that I don't want to admit this start happened. I know it happened. <laughs> I just don't think I learned anything about DTR, and I That's refuse right. to, to think – I know anything about his future, what he can or can't do based on that game. And that's because fair. Of how the week I, I agree. That's I, fair. I think there's a difference between don't hold that game against him and he didn't play right. in that game. <laughs> okay, you fair. Like, it, it did happen. Here, yeah. It never happened. Just like yeah. we, we could all agree Bigfoot's not real. We could all agree that DTR versus Baltimore before uh, it did there's happen. There's thousands of people out there, millions probably, that think Bigfoot's real. But those oh, yeah. people are insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. What a shocker. We never we never fought my son. He, he, he thinks Bigfoot's real. There you go. So they're in that group, but you're allowed to. You're a kid. Uh, l- let me let me let me get into this here with with the Broncos. And absolutely, DTR's got to do a little more in this game. They have to. I was I was fine with the game plan last week because the Steelers' offense is completely inept, and the Steelers couldn't prepare for that type of offense for the whole game. They adjusted in the second half, but the Browns were able to score 10 points in the first half because at the time, the Steelers didn't know going into the game. Mm-hmm. Well, the Broncos are going into this game saying, hey, we're, we're getting eight guys in the box. We're not going to let them run. He's going to try to dink and dunk. We're not going to let him win that way. So you're going to have to try to go over the top sum. Now, as Jason said, and I agree 100%, it can't be what it was against the Ravens. You can't be throwing deep all the time. And I think even more importantly than him having better numbers – is the running game being more effective. And the running game will be more effective, most likely, if you take some deep shots, because that will loosen things up in the middle. The Broncos are a fascinating team because they're, everything about them is average. They're not terrible at anything, yeah. but they're not very good at anything. Medium sauce. They're every, their whole roster is a bunch of medium sauce players. Medium sauce. And, uh, but a medium sauce team has the best, they have the longest winning streak in the NFL right now. So, and they're at home. I think this is a tough, I mean, this is a 50-50 game. This game's a toss-up. It's a one and a half point spread for a reason. This game's a toss-up. 
And so, yes, DTR is going to have to get you a little more. And I think the way to unlock that is, A, take some deep shots, and B, run the ball effectively. I think the Browns early in this game are going to have to be creative in how they run the ball because the Broncos are going to basically go into this game saying, hey, we're not going to let you run. DTR has got to beat us. And we don't know yet if he can. And, you know, even when DTR drops back, if there's nothing there, um, I wouldn't mind just just him taking off and getting it two, three, four yards. They should hey, they should have some designed runs for him. Yes. Period. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's he had a few of those last week. Right. I, I just you talk about a dangerous game. You already well, lost that's one true. quarterback. That's true. And he and, is so and tiny. He's not very big. Yeah. And so I think you really need to be strategic and limit when you want that's fair. when you're calling called runs for him because yeah. now you're down to if he goes down, you're down to PJ Walker or Joe Flacco who just got here. I like call I like called runs in short yardage and goal line. <laughs> yeah. And at least at least that way you get five or six yards. Heck, I even seen uh I was watching the Washington uh, Cowboys game and they ran they ran speed option. I was like, okay, I like that play. At least you know you can get down. It's only a few yards to the end zone. You either yeah. make it or you don't, and you can run it again. So yeah, I wouldn't mind, but I don't want to see anything crazy in the middle of the field or around the fifties because I mean he got lit up against the first time he played the Ravens. Oh yeah. my gosh. Is Flacco, we don't know yet if Flacco is going to be, technically Flacco's on the practice squad right now, isn't he? To my understanding, he has not yet been elevated. Well, he has to be. But right. he's on the practice squad. Yes. Correct. Yes. So he'd have to be elevated by tomorrow. Well, he, they have to put him on the 53 in order to make him the third string quarterback for Sunday. Unless he's going to be the two. Well, and again, he'd have to be on the 53. Right, right, right. So yeah. they'd have to get him on the 53 by today. By tomorrow. Oh, I thought it was tomorrow. Um, well, whatever. It, it, sometime soon, yeah, they'd have to add him to the roster. But uh, are we sure that I, I, I thought that it was the case? Are we sure that they would be Flacco now? No, this early. Uh, no, over PJ Walker. Here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think we know. I think it. De- well, well, we'll find out on Sunday. Yeah. Well, we'll find out either today or tomorrow if he's added to the called up from the practice squad. Right. But you know, the the third quarterback can come into the game if he's on the 53, but he doesn't have to be active. He doesn't have to be one of the 45 Correct. actives. But he, you got to be on the 53. Correct. So, But we'll see if and once that emergency quarterback goes in, the other two are not allowed to go. Right, right, right. This right. is weird. This is weird. Have you ever seen a, a team um, – like, 7-3 and three is a nice story. If you win this week on the road and go to 8-3 – now there's just it's it's more it's more of a thing. Like, have you ever seen a team be eight and three with with the names they have at quarterback? Like, you got a veteran that's forty that you picked up off the street. You yeah. got a guy in DTR who's had like played three games, and you got a, a journeyman PJ Walker, and the team is is literally. How do you plan around that? Like, that's like, you know, you you can't. I'm sure it's happened. It's, it's not. Hard. Nothing's coming to me off the top of my head. I it is a weird situation. I haven't seen that where where you have n- like no. It's a huge question mark at quarterback, and they continue to win football games. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that in such a I long mean, time. I'm like, trying to look at the teams that are leading their divisions. I mean, tech, last year the Niners had a ton of injuries at quarterback. Yeah, but, but the talent. Of, that's true. I mean, but their talent was a lot better than what the Browns have, especially but, offensively. Yes. Right, Christian but McCaffrey going into the season, if you would have said Brock Purdy is going to be their playoff in the quarterback, right. uh, the quarterback in yeah. the playoffs, you would right. have said, "What are you out of your mind?" Yeah. Right. yeah, now he's a you know somewhere between the seventh and fifteenth best quarterback. So yeah, it's just it's weird. Like I, I was watching the games and 
I, I just couldn't have I didn't have any context because I couldn't argue, I couldn't definitively say the Browns were better than any other teams. Usually we compare the Browns to teams we watch it and you're like, oh, the Browns are they get smashed by this team. I, I didn't have any context for it. I, I just don't know because I don't know what the Browns are going to do. Week, week. Yeah, I, I mean, think the last two weeks have gotten everyone's attention in terms of the Browns. I don't yeah. think winning in Denver will add to their profile any more than these last two beating Baltimore and Pittsburgh in back to back weeks. I think everyone else around the country is saying, yeah, okay, what's going on in Cleveland? Like, yeah. we have to, this is no longer like they're the Browns. We don't have to worry about them. Yeah. I think these last two weeks, when you combine that with San Francisco, but beating Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I mean, I, I was saying just get a split. Just yeah. split those two, <laughs> yeah. and you're okay. <laughs> and I never dreamed realistically no. that you would yeah. win both of those. So I think around the country, it's these last two that have made yeah. people stand up and take notice. Well, because team. I think, you know, any of us that are old enough, which the three of us are, we remember a day where you could win with minimal quarterback oh, play sure. if you oh, had yeah. a great defense. Yeah. Don Strzok won games for the Browns. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, you, you, those days, are, you know, but now it's, it seems like it's been a long time since you've been able to win that way. And I think a lot of people are thinking, like, how far can the Browns yeah. go? They've yeah. got the best defense. I think everybody acknowledges that the Browns defense is the best in the league. I saw something. I've, I've been trying to find it. Yeah. I wish I'd have marked it. Yesterday on Twitter, I saw something. There was a scatter chart about the Browns and Broncos, and the Browns' defense is in the far upper right tier, as right. high as you can go, and the Broncos is in the lowest possible. I know, I know what you did. I saw that. You yeah. saw it? was it? in terms of uh, – Success rate defensively or something? The analytics are not kind to the Broncos. No. no. The, well, the, the whole – and we'll get to this in the five-pack and make nuggets, yeah. but how much Miami skewed all the Denver metrics. But yeah. it was in terms of success combined with their conversion rate. So how often they got teams on the field in the first four plays. You. So you Thank saw you. what and, I was talking about. Yeah. Yes. It and, could not be more. Right. I thought I marked it because I wanted to send it to you, but at least you saw it. Yeah, I, so Cleveland is – and I, I'm sure I can find it. I'll pull it up in a sec. But Cleveland is, since the tracking era started of it, I believe the highest conversion rate on getting teams off the field within the first – not three and out, but yeah. within the first four plays. And Denver is dead last. Denver worst. only had one – three and out in like a two week stretch. Yeah, they've, they've forced a lot of turnovers the last bunch of weeks, which has obviously helped them. And that goes back to the stat we were talking about Monday right. that I think Mike's got again. Right. We're mention but that again the, later, yeah. the Broncos are one of the worst run defenses in the league. And we've talked, we've had these debates about the running game. The Browns got to be able to run in this game. Yes. Uh, but one of the things, I was just trying to think if there's another playoff team that's got a messy quarterback situation. And there is. Minnesota right now is a playoff team with Josh Dobbs as yeah. their quarterback. Go figure. He's their third quarterback, too, because they – obviously, Cousins gets hurt, and then Jaron Hall, who was a rookie on their team, started the first game after they traded for Dobbs. Now, Dobbs may eventually be the starter anyway, but they did draft Jaron Hall, and he got hurt in the first game he played. That's when Dobbs took over. Why, why, why is it to me – like, why do I feel like – I don't know. This might not be true. Why do I feel like Dobbs is – not much of a question mark. Like I guess you. you feel I don't know. I don't know. I, I think Dobbs. I, I, I know he's done a decent job this year. I, maybe because he played for like three teams and they. Yeah, keep I mean he's played all up. season. That's but why that's it feels why, doesn't like, feel like his big question yeah, mark. Yeah. But he's freaking brilliant. Like he's got to be the smartest quarterback in the league. Just that's in terms true. of processing. Just for picking up playbooks. It's, I, I, he, well, he's just he's like an actual IQ. Take football out of the equation. I mean, he was a rocket scientist right. in Tennessee and went back and finished his. Rocket scientist. I don't even know what the actual degree is, but yeah, you're not obviously rocket not a rocket scientology. scientist. 
It's crazy. I'll look it up. I'm not a rocket scientist. I can assure you that. But no, his ability to process quickly, yeah. obviously, like he's brilliant. I, you know, aerospace engineering. By the look way, at that. I still think there's not a ton of tape on him. Obviously, every week yeah. adds a little bit more. I, I mean, he could be the Jacoby Brissett of this offseason, where right. he could be parlay this into a, a starting job next year for a yeah, level team. Possibly. I mean, right now there's so many teams with bad quarterback situations. Who knows? And I told you this stat yesterday, Bull, Jason and G. I'm not sure if you heard this, but only five teams in the NFL have not put their starting quarterback on the injury report this season. 27 of the 32 teams. Doesn't mean they necessarily haven't played in games, right? Come but have had their quarterback on the injury report. Only five teams through essentially the halfway point, a little past halfway, but yeah. we're not in week 18 or week 16 yet, have had their quarterback on the injury well, report. Well, how many teams have played two quarterbacks or have had a quarterback at least leave a game for an injury? It's got to be more than half the league. I'll count them right now. So You know, I know Geno's played every game for Seattle, but he left the last game, yeah. and he looked like a mess yesterday. He looked you wanna, terrible. You want to go through it real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I got you right here. So, Tua has not been on the injury report yet. So, okay. Tua, shockingly, of all, of, with all his concussion history, right. he's one of the five. Well, he's not, not playing that well since the last Lately, the last No, few but weeks. he has not showed up on the injury report. No. Josh Allen has not come out of a game yet. Yep, right. The Jets have played multiple quarterbacks. Yep. The Patriots have played multiple quarterbacks. So that's two. Lamar Jackson has, Although, I don't I, – the Patriots have played multiple quarterbacks with their quarterback sucks. I don't think Mac Jones has actually gotten hurt. He has not. So he's okay. actually one of those five teams. Yeah. But he – I'm just saying multiple quarterbacks. Right, right, They've right. played multiple. Lamar has played all season. Yep. The Browns have played multiple. The Bengals have played multiple. Steelers have. Steelers have played so that's multiple. That's five out of eight that have played multiple so far. Jacksonville has not. It's only been Trevor Lawrence. Right. C.J. Stroud has not. It's yep. only been C.J. Stroud. Well, he came out for two plays, but I'm not counting that. No, that doesn't count, yeah. Uh, Indianapolis has played two quarterbacks. That's six. Tennessee has played two quarterbacks. That's seven. The Chiefs and the Broncos have not. Right. Mm. They're stayed. Chargers haven't. Chargers haven't, but the Raiders have. So that's eight. That's half the AFC. Half the AFC. I've had more than one quarterback play. In the NFC. Yeah. Jalen Hurts has been healthy. He's yeah. been on the injury report, but he hasn't missed time. Dak's been healthy. Dak has not been on the injury report. He's one of the five that has notched up on the injury report. Uh, Sam Howell's been on the injury report, but he hasn't missed time. Yeah, yeah. The so Giants only the have Giants. played different so quarterbacks. The Giants in yep. the NFC. The Lions are the only team in the NFC North. Right. Because Minnesota's played multiple quarterbacks. Chicago's played it. And I, I'm not. Jordan Love hasn't Yeah, Green Bay has. So that's Love. three. I, I okay. This is the division where they've all played different quarterbacks. The Saints. Yep. Jameis has played significant time. Yep. The Falcons split time between Ritter and Heineke. Yep. The Panthers. Andy Dalton started a game. That's six. And Baker. Baker's played the whole time. Baker didn't miss one game? I don't think so. I'll look that up. Yep. Uh, Purdy, in and out with the concussion. I don't think he missed a lot of time. but I, No, he I don't think he missed it at okay, all because so they, they diagnosed it after the game, so that doesn't count. Gino, do you want to count seven, with the Drew Locke? Yeah. And then the Rams and the Cardinals both have played multiple quarterbacks. So that's nine. So that means 17 of the 32 teams that's crazy. have played multiple quarterbacks. That's crazy. <laughs> Already. And we still got, what, seven weeks to go in the regular 50 season. 50 different quarterbacks. And it'll be even more this week with Tim Boyle being 51. Yeah, right. Well, started a game well, this and, season. And uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of the Bengals' backup quarterback. Oh, uh, Browning. Yeah, he's starting his so first game. So, 52 quarterbacks after this week. Which yeah, start, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is just And Drew Locke's going to start a game before the end of the season because Gino looked like a mess. 53, yeah. yeah. He, well, he got, I'm surprised he came back in the game he, he left last week. Right. When he got blasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that they don't overreact to this and try and change the way that they call the game even more on quarterbacks. Like, I just think it's a bad year. It's an I, anomaly. It, 
quarterbacks are essential to the league, yeah, right? Yeah, but you can't do it. You but can't, you can't protect go, them anymore right, than yeah. what you are. No, have. you can't. Like, it's, it's already it's been, ridiculous. It's been uh, – yeah, I, I – I, I mean, even I, who love offense and love quarterback play, think some of the roughing the passer penalties oh, it's, are It's ridiculous. outrageous. Yeah, yeah, it's getting yeah. out of hand. I mean, the, the, the ones they should get rid of is where the, where the player lands on the quarterback. As, like, like, if you're purposely trying, you know the difference between landing and, like, really trying to hurt the guy. Right, right. I, I think I think this sucks, though. I think they're going to move to a place where it's like the only thing defensive linemen are going to do is try to go for strip sacks. Yep. Like, that's going to, like, they're going to just tell you there's no, there's no, like, there's no upside yeah. to putting hits on the quarterback right. because now you take one step and you push him. That's a penalty. If you get yeah. them in their face and you just touch them in the face, and yeah. hands in their face. Yeah. That's nowadays you, you're just yeah. better off just saying, listen, go for the strip sack. If the strip sack is not there yeah. or unless you're in a scrum where you guys could tackle them and kind of just brother-in-law the thing, do it. What does that mean, brother-in-law? Brother, like when the coach says your brother-in-law to drill, like, you know, you, you're not, you, you're not friends with your brother-in-law, but when you see your brother-in-law, you talk to him, right? So it's right, like right. this middle ground. Right. You're not going to say anything bad about his sister. Yeah. So like, you know, and then you're going to talk about things, but it's going to be like sports. It's not going to be nothing like right. politics. Nothing, nothing deep. So it's, it's like right. a mediocre buddy-buddy. Okay. Buddy, yeah. Plus, right. I wonder, I'm like going through in real time in my head, how many of these quarterback injuries were from hits in the pocket and how many like... Aaron Rodgers had nothing to do with. Right. It's a soft, you know, it's, yeah, a, he it's, just, a, yeah. it's just a freak. Now, Deshaun was a hit, but it wasn't in the pocket. He was on both hits. I don't scrambling. think you could do anything else. I, I don't think that I know the league's always looking to help the quarterbacks. I, there isn't really. It's just been a freaky year. Now, that sideway tackle, the sideways tackle. Oh, that's going away. The hip, the, hip drop the, or whatever drop. they call it. Yeah, the hip drop. There's been a lot of debate on that, on if it's good or bad or if it, like, I don't, how else are you supposed to get a yeah. guy down? Yeah, if yeah, if no, you're I, safety, you might as well chalk it up. You can't yeah. tackle. If they take that away from you, I don't know what you, how you tackle somebody. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, Mike, let's, let's keep it moving here. Elijah Moore. Right. Mm. Yeah, we're Go talking ahead. Elijah Moore, and if you want to bet on Elijah Moore and his props because his stock has been going up lately, you can do it with FanDuel because right now FanDuel is giving new customers $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is simple to use, and they have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. As you were saying, Bo, Elijah Moore has yeah. seen his stock go up the last two weeks. He's been playing his best football of the season. It was a low bar to surpass, but nevertheless, he did surpass a low bar. It's Black Friday, so I'm going to ask this way. Are you guys buying stock in Elijah Moore's resurgence within the Browns offense? Jason, what say you? How much stock do I have to buy? Well, it's up to you, I be, guess. Be, I, buying a little bit of stock? He's been better, certainly. I don't know that he'll be what he was billed to be in the preseason. I don't know yeah. if that's realistic. But certainly, and what really what I liked on Sunday was he dropped a big pass um, on the, uh, the last, yeah. was it the last drive? Was it? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It was earlier. It was earlier in the game. He dropped a big pass, and they came right back to him on the next play. Yeah. And and he caught it, and I think it was like a nine-yard – I think it was like a first-down pass that he dropped, and he came back on second down and caught it and got like nine out of it. So I like the fact that they they trust him enough to go right back to him and that he shook that off and and made the catch. 
I don't want to see Elijah Moore in the backfield. I don't want to see some of the gadget stuff that we saw earlier on. But they're going to need him. Like, they're going to need somebody to emerge from this wide receiver group if they're going to continue down this path, if they're going to go far in the playoffs. It can't all be Amari. Like, there's got to be somebody else that they can look to and count yeah. on. So, I'll buy, but I'm not putting everything in my account. He's not going to be the only thing in my portfolio. Yeah. I'll buy a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I'll a buy a little bit. Jay, you buying any stock in him? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'd rather buy some David Njoku stock, and he's dropped, like, way more passes than him. Like, he, David Njoku dropped a lot, a lot of passes last week, too, but they went back to him and he caught it. I just like it because he's a bigger target. Some of the stuff that Elijah Moore, um, we thought he was going to sell at, he just he's just not very good at that. He's He doesn't have running back vision. Um, he, he's not a guy that can... They thought, you know, when he they were selling it to us during the preseason, we thought it was going to be like some Percy Harvin type stuff mm-hmm. where, you know, you get him in the backfield, maybe return some punts, or, and it, that just hasn't been the case. Um, no, no, I'd rather, I'd rather just, like if I'm watching DTR, I would rather him just force the ball to Amari Cooper mm-hmm. <laughs> on these slants. I don't understand. And here's another thing. Why do they continuously give Amari Cooper slants? Like, they give those to him, or is he that elusive where they know he's running slant and they can do nothing about it? I think it's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's slant's coming, and he still gets off press coverage it is and funny. catches the football. So, I'm, I'm just ride with that and David and Joku. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, Elijah Moore is medium sauce. Yes. Yes. He's a, he's a third. I think what we're learning is Elijah Moore at best is a third wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The Browns don't have a legitimate number two wide receiver. No. It's something they, they're going to need to get. They've been trying to do that in the third round of the draft, and so far in three straight years they failed. Now, again, I'm going to give Cedric Tillman a little more time because it's a rookie season, but still. If you look at, at Elijah Moore the last two weeks, 11, uh, uh, sorry, 14 targets, 11 catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. That's good. But if you even if you extrapolate that over a full season, you're talking about 850 yards. Now, eight touchdowns, if you extrapolate, but that would be really good. But what is that? 850 yards. It's a number three receiver. That's what he is. I think a lot of people, when they brought him in, thought he'd be a number two. Or maybe there were some people saying, I don't know who it was, saying Elijah Moore might even be better than Amari Cooper. He was a high draft pick. He clearly was not worthy of where he was drafted. It's three seasons in. When we got him, everybody made the excuse, well, the Jets had bad quarterbacks and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, now it's now it's three years, and to be mm. fair, the Browns haven't had good quarterback play either for the most part. But I think Elijah Moore is what he is. I think to expect – I think the best-case scenario for Elijah Moore is that he does what he's done the last two weeks over the course of the season, which is a guy who gets five or six catches, averages about 50 yards, scores a touchdown here or there. If he did that for the rest of the season, I'd take it. That'd be great. But I don't think he's ever going to be any more than that. Uh, so I'll buy a li- little bit of stock in him. But with me. Diversified. Yes, very diversified. Uh, here's the question. Mike, bring up that, that graphic again where you got the leaders in, in receiving, please, for the Browns. Did you bring that graphic up? All right, guys, I'm going to put you to it right here. See this graphic. Who, you, who finishes second in receiving yards on the Browns? The Joku right now has 59 more yards than Elijah Moore. We got, what, seven games to go. Who are you betting on finishing second, assuming they both play the rest of the year? Njoku. Easy. 
Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. I think it's David. I want to say Elijah Moore. I do too. I, I want, want to. to because I think it's better for the Browns if that's the case because I don't. I think David Njoku is going to stay on the same pace. Mm-hmm. And if Elijah Moore finishes ahead, I think if I pick Elijah Moore, it's about him being better, right. not Njoku going backwards. I would like to think that. There's, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Elijah Moore because I'm having a little faith here going down the stretch. I'd huh? like to think that there's more possibility of a splash play from Elijah Moore just because the routes and Joku's running. Yeah. Now we've seen it against the Chargers. We saw him break off a 60-yard touchdown right. run in LA a couple years ago because yeah. he made a great catch, made a guy miss, and off he went. Right. But if you're playing the odds, I think there's a greater chance that Elijah Moore breaks a couple big ones just because of the right. role that he's asked to play. I'm going to say Njoku, but it's close. You could easily be right. Yeah, I'll make the case for I'll, I'll go with Moore just because I feel like it's better for the Browns if it ends up being more. So, oh, for well, sure. Let me ask I'll you guys this. Steve, pull the graphic back up. Yeah. When the season's over at the end of week 17, will Donovan Peoples-Jones still be the fifth leading receiver? Well, who's sixth right now? No. Kareem Hunt. No. How many no. yards does Kareem Hunt have? Kareem Hunt has 49 yards right now. Jordan Aikens or Atkins? Yeah, how many yards does Tillman have? Like 10. Oh, God. Three catches for 10 yards. Oh, he's got 10 yards. Oh, I would Marquise, love to Marquise hear Goodwin some of our conversations about Cedric Tillman before the season. I would have thought he'd be around 35 to 45 oh right my now. God. In seven games, he has nine targets, three catches, 10 hey. yards. Long All right. O- over under 100 receiving yards for Kareem Hunt this year. Over? Over. I'm going over. So he's got to get 50 yards in seven games. Yeah. Over, over under 100 receiving yards with Cedric Tillman. He's 90 in seven games. Over. I'm going over, too. Over. I got 101. Bell? All he needs is one game of, like, 40 or 50. Yeah, that's it. And then he will get then he could get eight yards a game after yeah. that. Receivers yeah. are not the Browns thing, man. <laughs> David Bell has 33 yards this season. Will oh. he finish with over 100? David uh, Bell, thir- I'm going it's, under I, on David feels, Bell. I haven't seen – I haven't looked – off the top of my head, it feels like Tillman's got a lot more reps than David yeah. Bell yeah. these last yes, couple weeks. Yes, he has. What's, Mar- that's a fact. what's with Marquise Goodwin? He's been out a month with this concussion. Uh, did well, you see him get hit? No, I know, but it's a, it, it, like, what's going on? Is he, is he practicing? He didn't no? practice yesterday. We'll see the update today, but I assume he won't practice. Yeah. Oh, he that, didn't practice yesterday. He did not practice yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's got to be really I mean, serious. He had to be carried off the field, basically. How many yards does he have? Ten. Him and Tillman combined. He's like a ten Him also? and Tillman and, and Harrison. Well, he has rushing yards. He oh, yeah, what does Harrison yards. Bryant have receiving? Ten. What's he have rushing? Harrison Bryant rushing. Six, eight. Has four carries for eight yards, yeah. and he has four catches for ten yards. <laughs> and a, and a well, Harrison Bryant ended with more rushing, <laughs> rushing or receiving. Or receiving. Yards. But the crazy thing is, Harrison yeah. Bryant played like every down, though. <laughs> what about the other wide receiver, the tight end whose name I can't think of? Jordan Aikens? Yeah. Is it Aikens or Atkins? I always pronounce it wrong. Aikens. I think it's, it's Aikens. Aikens has 45 yards. Oh, he might. Uh, he ain't getting 100. <laughs> He'll finish with seven. Harrison you, Bryant. That cracks me up. Can you imagine? We, like... All of all of my stats for these guys. <laughs> all of we these, tried telling you, dude. All of these monstrous stats. These guys have Minimoski right now. <laughs> oh my god! Ten? Gee, what's lower than Minimoski? Because Minimoski feels like what DPJ had: a hundred yards in eight games. I mean, and by the way, DPJ got four snaps in the Thanksgiving Day game yesterday. Yeah. Who was saying? Somebody here was saying he was going to play a role in Detroit. <laughs> I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to name names. Just because you go back home, don't get Earl balling. <laughs> oh, they, hey, Earl, they try to put that on you, dog. <laughs> it's like, is it was it optimistic? It was Earl. <laughs> <laughs>
Yo, Earl's got Earl and Tyvis have the best laughs. When Earl when Earl cracks up like that, it's hard not to just yeah, follow yeah. it as laughing. <laughs> That's true. And Tyvis the same way. Tyvis giggles at uh all right, what are you guys rest. going with on the the uh, Elijah Moore versus Najoku? What are you, what's, you, what I are think you guys with a, a young quarterback, I think tight ends just always seem to be that safety blanket. And the route tree that Njoku runs, and G pointed this out. I hadn't even noticed this until G pointed it out. He chip blocks and just kind of f- fades out to the flat, and it's a dump down. And if he wants, he could probably have 10 catches a game. 10. If the quarterback <laughs> goes through his progression and just decides money. to dump it off. So. You go back and you look at Elijah Moore's, you know, game log. He's getting a decent amount of targets, but Njoku had 14 targets last game. 14 targets. Now, he had four drops. Yeah. But 14 targets in DTR's second start bowl, if you want to be specific. First start in the Mike Lucas official book. But 14 targets over Elijah Moore yeah, had seven last week. It's, I'm going to go with Njoku. He just, just blocks, he just blocks and then kind of stands there. And he's open. Like, so they you know, just throw it to him. You know, it's funny. The and Browns. Stefanski loves screens, and their yeah. tight end screenplays have been masterful this season. You know, the Browns had, have always, for many years, pre-Nick Chubb, were always terrible in fantasy. Like, you never wanted any Browns players in fantasy because they never Didn't had think. good skill position players. And then you got Nick Chubb, and he's been a good, a good, he's a better NFL player yeah. than fantasy player because he doesn't catch a lot of passes. But he's always been a really good, reliable fantasy player. But this year, they don't really have anybody that's a good... Like, even Amari Cooper has mm. been decent, but I don't really... He doesn't have any touchdowns. They're the Patriots. Like, they're the Patriots. Yeah, like, he doesn't... Like, like with, with DTR, Amari's not going to put up big numbers. Like, like when, when the Patriots always... What's the little small little... They had the small white running back. White. Oh, white running back. Uh, Rex Burkhead. They had Rex Burkhead. Danny Woodhead. And Danny, Danny Woodhead. Woodhead. And then they would have, like... Then it became James White. James White. And you'd be like, man, I can't pick them. Yeah, and they have nobody you can use. No, they I have mean, no Body. No one's getting and, over. I mean, Jerome Ford is a serviceable fantasy player, but he's not reliable from week the to week. Browns are Browns, and the Browns on offense play a lot like the old them, them like 2018, 2019 Patriots. Just, well, they still have Tom Brady. You could always use Tom Brady, but I mean, Tom. But Tom Brady would throw. You you couldn't tell Tom Brady be you, like he threw for two sixty nine, and you were like right, but he spread it around right. Just don't big, don't but, uh, crazy we, numbers. We, we would we would kill for two sixty nine. Oh, two sixty nine. All right, so we're thing. all buying. Uh, G's not buying any stock in Elijah Moore, and Jason and I are buying uh, Minimoski stock, penny, penny stocks. Want to see how it does? <laughs> yeah, penny stock. See how it does. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike. So let, let's. It is time to do a little draft, guys. Yes. But before we do the draft, a quick reminder that at twelve thirty we pivot from YouTube over to WKYC, and you can watch us with thirty minutes of. Never seen before content. Never and this seen. week, it's a little bit of an Ohio State-Michigan preview with our guy Tyvis Powell. Tyvis never lost to Michigan during his playing days, and he says he will never pick this game wrong. He correctly predicted Michigan to win last year, and he's trying to keep his streak alive this season. So wow. we're going to get Tyvis' pick surprised by that. to see if he can keep that streak going. But from 1230 to 1, we are over on WKYC. And if you're not in Cleveland, you can watch on the WKYC app or the WKYC Plus app. Make sure you guys – Tune in for that. 